Hello world, it's Jiang and Katie. We are two brain cells trying to share our stories on navigating the grad school experience and pursuing higher education. And today is episode one, and we are discussing us. Uh, yay! <laughs> um, this is essentially episode one, and uh, Jiang and I are just going to introduce ourselves and why we got this podcast started. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I'll go first. Um, my name is Jiang. I recently, uh, I don't know if it's recent, but I finished a Master's of Public Health program um, in Infectious Disease Epidemiology, and I attended one of the Ivies. Um, <laughs> whoa. And then I guess you can go next, Katie. Okay, so I am Katie. I am, oh my gosh, I'm a recent grad. Uh, I graduated, uh, just finished a master's program in biomedical sciences. Um, Yeah, it was a specialized one-year program geared towards people looking to go to medical school. And yeah. So Katie and I know each other from undergrad. We went to like a pretty big state college and we did some extracurricular activities together. And, you know, we've just been friends since. Um, yeah, Jiang and I attended the same college, and she was my upperclassman friend. Who you were also like really helpful in just guiding me because we were the same major in undergrad. So I feel like I I was still an undergrad when you ventured off into your master's program, and then I just followed your path. I guess. Should we say what we did in undergrad? Is that important for people to know? I mean. Well, I, I, I was a bio major. I was a bio major and I graduated bio. Uh, that's And hence, I was going on a pre-med track. Well, I too was a bio major, hence why we became friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and then I also minored in medical sociology, which is why I decided to go to public health. Wait, I didn't know you minored in... That's See, a minor? Yeah. Well, actually, it's called health and society, but it's like under the sociology department and it's essentially medical sociology wait i never i never knew that see no one one seems to know that (laughs) everyone thinks i either majored in public health or minored in public health and then i tell them i don't and then i hear a sense of disappointment in their voice oh no (laughs) wait but i like i knew you were a bio major that's why like i bombarded you with so many questions about the classes I would be taking but like I did not know huh that's really interesting guess I'm learning some new things today well yeah I kind of picked it up a little late in I think I picked the ma- the minor up in like my junior year because I had like you know a midlife crisis ah uh, yes <laughs> and then you know I feel like the bio degree is so credit heavy that I didn't want to switch majors at that point because I didn't want to like stay an extra year so I just kind of like sucked it up and then picked up a minor instead and then yeah that's how I went towards public health because I think I had like one elective class that was public health oriented and then I was like oh I'm gonna do this oh wow okay I see I didn't I didn't know that but before we get to talking about our journeys towards our master's program um Let's just give everyone out there who's listening just why why did we start why are we here, Jiang? Why did we start this podcast? <laughs> well, I guess another thing we should 
preface for people to get context. Katie and I just finished our own application cycles for our own respective additional degrees. <laughs> so I think Katie kind of mentioned it, but mm. she just finished applying to med school. And then I recently finished applying for PhD programs. And I don't know, we both had a lot of free time and starting a podcast was always on my bucket list of things to do. And then I guess I was thinking of like, what topic am I passionate about? Or what topic is, uh, like, what topic can I talk about for a couple episodes? <laughs> and then I thought of, you know, grad school life, because it is like a huge life stage for some people. And it's essentially a lifestyle for people who are in it, in my opinion. And then, you know, I was like, I need to find a co-host because I'm too awkward to talk to myself. So I pitched the idea to Katie and she was all for it. Yeah, I loved it. Jiyoung, the thing is, like, she didn't really, she, like, casually dropped it in conversation. I was like, wait, yeah, do it. It's like everyone is making podcasts. Why not? Why not us? And then she said grad school. And I was like, yeah, we both went went through it, although we each had our own unique experiences, but I think there are a lot of stories you could talk about through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So today's episode, episode one, we introduce ourselves, but we also wanted to kind of delve into our in each individual backstory into our own grad adventures through each of our own, at least right now, our master's program or our former master's pro programs. Is that is that what we'll call it? We'll call it that. Yes. Our past. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> um, so for me, I think I always knew I was going to go to grad school just because like being a bio major in undergrad is a very like awkward major, in my opinion, because I think it's one of those majors where you have to do something after like, you know, most bio majors are either pre-med or they switch over to maybe like PA school or they go for a PhD and like all those other career choices. So I knew grad school would be in the future. Um, but I think after my sophomore year, entering my junior year, I like really had to evaluate what I wanted to do with this degree and where my future was going because I had just finished organic chemistry. And for anyone who's taking it, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, we've been there <laughs> it was so terrible it made uh, me question all my life choices it was one of those classes yeah I remember like me and my sweet mate at the time we took orgo together and we'd come back and we'd like go in fetal position on the ground and oh just cry God. together okay <laughs> we, yeah I cried during my orgo final and my TA that was proctoring asked me if I was okay oh my god I did not know that I, wait Jiyoung <laughs> were you okay I think, like, okay, so I guess we're going a little off topic, but, like, I opened the booklet for the final exam, and I didn't know how to answer question one. Oh, and no. Then, oh, no. And then I was, like, freaking out, so then I just started crying, and I, my seat in the exam room was at the edge of the lecture hall. Oh, no. So then, like, a proctor just walked by me, and she was like, are you Okay. And I was like, I will be. And then I just proceeded to take my exam. Did you like cry? I'm so sorry. This is such a tangent. But did you like cry through the exam? Or did you like kind of just like suck up the tears and just did the exam? I'm so curious. I pulled myself together eventually. Okay. It was it was one of those like, you know, when you don't really know you're crying, like you just feel a teardrop <laughs> falling down your face. 
It was one of those moments. Uh, okay. I see. Okay, but... Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so, that happened. Um, so, my fall semester of junior year, I actually, uh, I guess, like, took a break from my major. So, I took one, like, major like one course that was required for my major and then the rest I just took a bunch of electives because I figured like you know if I'm gonna change my major I have to do it now before I waste any more time so I think I took so I took um like intro to Latin America I took a like a writing course and I think that's when I took like one of the medical sociology courses um and then there was this one chapter on epidemiology, which I was pretty interested in because, you know, it was like kind of healthcare related coming from like a bio degree or like a bio major. And I also took sociology as a high school student. So I kind of knew what it was already. Um, so I think that's when I decided to pick up the minor because it turned out the minor wasn't very like credit intensive anyways. Mm. And then once I started doing really well in my minor courses um, and like some public health electives um, the last two years of college, I decided I was going to apply to um, grad school for public health. Wait, actually, there's like another story that's supposed to be in between this. So another story is I, I can't remember what, but one of the summers before senior year, I guess it was the summer of junior year or like the summer of senior year. There was, like, an epidemic that was happening in Korea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, like, the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome coronavirus. It, yeah, it was it was one of those. And then I was actually supposed to go to Korea that summer, but then my family was like, should we go? Should we not go? Because, you know, there was a whole epidemic happening in the country. And I think that's when I really discovered, like, oh, what is what epidemiology is. Because, you know, like the WHO was involved and then my family and I were really like we were like carefully watching the news to see if we should go or not. Um, yeah, so I also had that in like the back of my mind. And then, you know, I started applying and I was specifically looking for public health or like infectious disease oriented programs because I think I was a little stubborn and I just didn't want to give up my bio background. I was like, I'm not going to waste four years of education here to do something completely different. So I can't actually remember how many programs I ended up applying to, but I got, I think I got accepted to like all but one of them. So the program I ended up going was one of the IV programs. But actually something that a lot of people don't know about this is that I was actually waitlisted to the school. And I am one of those rare people who got off the waitlist and was accepted. So that was a thing because I think when I tell people that I went to like an Ivy program they're all like oh my gosh like she must have been like really smart I don't know like they, they immediately think that and then I tell them like no I was waitlisted and no my GPA is not as high as you think it is um I think it puts things into perspective I guess I mean but not to discredit Jiang you are a, a, to me a very intelligent person but yeah Thank you. You are smart. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, went to that program. Um, I graduated in, I guess, was it last year? Yeah, I graduated in 2019 from my program. So I've been working uh, full-time for a year since then. 
and now I'm applying for PhD programs in also in infectious disease epidemiology because you know what better time to do that than now during COVID exactly I guess that's the rough story we'll go into more detail in various episodes based on specific topics but this is all you need to know for now I suppose I think for me I should probably explain where I'm coming from before we start asking each other questions mm-hmm. I suppose but for me I as I said before I just finished a one year masters in biomedical science uh, and I did not intend to apply for a master's yeah it was actually a very it was actually a very kind of like almost like a foolhardy spur of the moment thing for me because I full when I graduated or when I was getting ready to graduate undergrad so my senior year I was full-on ready to just apply to straight into medical school and just take that gap year for the application cycle um, I took my MCAT. I was ready. Okay, not exactly ready. I, there were like a, I wasn't had my personal statement done at the time. And, and that summer, I was actually going to Korea. So after I graduated, I went was directly on a plane the next day, and like bam, I was in Korea for a month uh, to visit family. Somewhere along the line, what ended up happening was I kind of realized that I didn't feel ready, whether or ready to enter the world of medical, being a medical student. Um, it was both a combination of didn't feel quite confident in my in my grades, my GPA. Also, I didn't feel quite confident in my clinical volunteer experiences overall. And I felt like if I just had another year where I could solidify my academics and solidify those experiences, I would feel a lot more comfortable. So you could say I chickened out. I think I kind of chickened <laughs> no. out, but it, but like I felt like if I want to go into the big, the big boy, big girl realm of medical school, I want to do it on my own terms. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I should take uh, a gap year just to work and do volunteer experiences. But I didn't know, how, and maybe take a couple classes. And then a friend of mine said, "Have you considered doing a one-year master's, especially if you're concerned about your grades?" And I was like, "A one-year master's." This was like in about May, going into June. Again, I was in Korea. I was halfway across the world. This was a 12-hour time difference we're talking about. And I was just like, "Isn't it a little late to apply in the game?" And so I went and I looked up a couple grad programs that I were interest that I was interested in, and miraculously, their applications were still open and and so for a long shot like hurriedly typed up a personal statement i actually sent jiung my personal statement so she could look over it i do not remember <laughs> how bad or good that personal statement was i remember just telling you like jiung i need to submit this within the week if you could give any feedback thanks but um i submitted it and i got somehow i got my letters of recommendation just they just came in super clutch and I got uh, accepted, actually, into two out of the three programs I applied to, which was wild to me. <laughs> but Oh, I didn't know you applied to more than one. Yeah, uh, yeah I applied to three total. Uh, mm-hmm. One was Ivy, actually, mm-hmm. and I, I 
that one that I mean that doesn't matter whether I applied to Ivy because at, at the end I, I technically didn't finish that application so it doesn't matter I don't know why I said that <laughs> oops I'm sorry you'll never know which one but but yeah so I never intended to go to the master's but it was kind of like uh for me I kind of looked at it as well because it was like a specific for especially for people looking to go into medical school it was kind of like almost like a boot camp mindset mm-hmm. for me so for one year uh, I did that and it was it was very interesting it was a very interesting time for that one year Gion was your program one year or two I forget mine was two years oh, okay so a little well little different different programs but what I wanted to ask you from this was culminating all the experience of a master's program when it comes to like mm-hmm. the financial costs the experience, the academics, do you, on a scale of, or like, do you think it was worth it and like the time you spent there? And if you could give it, rate it on a scale of like one, so not worth it. It was not (laughs) nothing. I do not ever recommend, no recommendations given towards going to a master or 10. It was, it was the epitome of life itself. Truly nothing (laughs) can top like I don't nothing can top going to a master's program you've peaked <laughs> from one to ten how worth it was it okay um well obviously this answer is very subjective to my own personal experiences and is different for each like person and each program I personally think that my program was very worth it I like thoroughly enjoyed my two years there I feel like I I don't want to say I got my money's worth because I don't think you can ever justify the high cost of higher <laughs> education. But um, yeah, I'd give it like an eight. I think like pretty high. very luckily, um, I even though I was waitlisted and I got off of waitlist for my acceptance, I still managed to get financial aid, which is very rare for like any grad program, I think. But my incoming class for my specific program was very lucky because we had like, well, we had a very generous alumni donation. So our faculty actually told us that we are their biggest incoming class because they just offered so much financial aid to students. So, yeah, I was lucky that I had financial aid that made it cheaper than it would have, but obviously still very expensive. Mm. And... You know, I think it's the whole experience is really what you make of it because I've heard a lot of people in my program who are very unhappy with it. Like they completely regret coming. They wish they went somewhere else and like yada, yada, yada. Um, But I feel like if you have that attitude during the whole time, you end up just wasting the time and the opportunity you are given. So for me, like rather than like like the education itself, I think my program gave me a lot of opportunities that I wouldn't have had otherwise like I made really good relationships with my like faculty members and like I made really good friends who you know I'm still friends with today in like a similar field as I am which I think is like the nice thing about grad school like your friends like you're you're essentially in a room with people who all care about the same thing as you in a way if that makes sense no yeah yeah and like I got really cool opportunities like I 
like last year I went to India with my professor for a conference that she recommended I apply to and things like that it's like you know if I didn't go here at this perfect at this time year then I wouldn't have met her because she left my program after I graduated <laughs> so yeah I wouldn't have gone to another country with her wouldn't have had the opportunity to like go to like an international conference wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet some of my friends and to have the networking opportunity I think that's like a really big thing that Ivy sell you on like they have like a really good network a good alumni network um but yeah I think it was worth it for me but it may not be worth it for everyone is what I will say mm, no that's a good point what about you Katie I think for me um again like you said this is very subjective to my own experiences like people could have a totally different experience even within my same uh program and similar to what you said like I think there were a lot of people who felt very different things going in and coming out of my specific program if I were to put it on a scale I think I'll put my score a little lower than yours I think I'll put it at around like maybe like a five or six. And I will say, just to preface, I think a lot of the scoring has been tainted because of the fact that halfway through my program, COVID did affect it in a negative uh, yes. way. So I think if it wasn't the case, I think the score might have been a little bit higher. So just just keep that in mind. I think the culture and the atmosphere within each cohort of a master's program differs it like varies so like for example like when I went into orientation a lot of previous a, a lot of our program's alumni who actually were, were medical students uh, came and spoke to us and they kind of painted this picture of such a warm and welcoming environment not to say that our my cohort was like horrible it wasn't that it's just I our my the culture of my court was just a little bit different where we were a lot more competitive and we kind of pushed each other and challenged each other more that's not necessarily a vibe that i it wasn't necessarily my vibe for lack of a better term because i'm more of a let's kind of all just collaborate and work together but a lot of the steam that or a lot of um our drive was developed from a competitive foundation which mm -hmm. again it's not for everyone i don't think it was particularly for me but i was able to find a couple make a couple friends within the program where we kind of just made our own little bubble and i think mm -hmm. sometimes that's just what naturally happens um in some programs again i can't speak for everyone also i i don't think i nearly had enough uh networking opportunities but that just might be like what you said it's really what you make of it mm -hmm. uh when it comes to studies i tend to just uh really focus on my studies and it's really hard for i had to really f at least for my time management skills i really had to fight for time to go out to office hours and meet professors and talk to them um i did have research opportunities where i did get paired with a research mentor and i became uh, really close and really familiar with um, him. So that was like a really great opportunity. Uh, so it's like there are 
pros and there are cons. And to just lightly speak on the COVID issue, um, different schools obviously had different ways to react and try to uh, adjust to the COVID pandemic. Our, my program went fully online. So obviously that kind of hurt our chances of really connecting it connecting to our professors and really networking in person because everything was just behind a, a screen it was behind zoom and that's always it's not that's not always the ideal scenario to be learning from mm-hmm. so if maybe if I had more in person if that second semester of my um, program was in person maybe I would have had a totally different experience but I think to say like it, some parts of it were worth it some parts of it they they just weren't my style and I think mm-hmm. like not sometimes you can't have a, a pro you get into a program it might not 100% fit your vibe and I think I think that's like understandable at least to me you know yeah so actually I have a follow-up question um it sounds like your program was very geared towards pre-med students like I'm assuming like a majority of your mm-hmm. cohort were people who did this program with the intention of using it to either boost up their grades or have more experience before they go to med school. Um, now that you've just finished applying to med school, do you feel like your program like gave you what you wanted to boost your resume for med school? I think so. Well, for one, my GPA, my grades were much better because mm-hmm. unlike an undergrad, and I think we can talk about this more on other episodes of the podcast, but in undergrad, your schedule is both inundated with your classes, if you're like STEM, your research, but also like clubs and activities and other volunteer things like extracurriculars. That's how Jiung and I met. But mm-hmm. at least from my experience, I didn't really have a lot of, like once I got to my master's program, there were no club responsibilities that I had to worry about in undergrad I was like in part of like three four five different clubs in Mm -hmm. grad school I could just focus on my academics and really uh, see for myself how focused I could be if I could just focus on all school but like not to say that I didn't have a social life like I was able to make friends and all that but when it comes to boosting my GPA which a lot of people did use this program for um, yeah it did help me it also just helps me get a few more uh, connections when it comes to stronger letters of recommendation or opportunities to um, volunteer even because we were connected with um, volunteer opportunities because of what our program is. Um, So yeah, I think from an objective standpoint, I did accomplish what I set out to do. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I guess I I asked that question because even for my program, so um, like I said, I went to an MPH, like a Master of Public Health program. So in my department in particular, which was the Infectious Disease Epidemiology Department, I think half of my department were also pre-med students. Like they were using this program to, you know, boost up their resume or they were also doing it because they were unsure if they actually wanted to commit to medicine, which I think both are fair reasons. Um, yeah, and then I think as a non-pre-med student in my program, I was very confused <laughs> of why they were doing this. Just because, you know, it's a two-year program, so it's twice as expensive. That is true. And 
you know, it becomes unnecessary. Like my program suddenly became unnecessarily competitive because now I'm competing for opportunities against med school, like pre-med students. Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah. So like my program, our culture was, you know, like it's supposed to be a very collaborative uh, program, which I think it was. And one way that they tried to really promote that is by not having grades. So my program was on a pass-fail system. Oh, wow. I didn't so know We didn't that. have... Yeah, these... I mean, it's kind of dumb. Like, they... <laughs> I think a lot... So it's dumb because it's not just pass-fail. It's, like, um, fail, and then it's honors, high pass, and pass. But that's pretty much equivalent to, like, an ABC scale. Oh, okay. It's just a name and not a letter grade. Yeah. It's, yeah, so they did that to, you know get rid of the competitive edge on our courses um but anyways yeah like I I just knew a lot of people who were in our program to so that they can use it to apply to med school but I was just always so confused and how they had the time to do both like how do you have time to do this program and to also apply to med school because they took their MCATs like you know during our program oh wow so I was like wow you guys are very dedicated people and I hope you got what you wanted out of this program just because like an MPH is supposed to be like a professional degree mm. so for some people it is their last degree kind of like an MBA I guess it's like the terminal degree for some people which is why it's more focused on like networking and professional skills instead of like academic studies Mm-mm. so yeah I was just wondering your take on that, since your program was specific for that, I guess, bridge to med school. Well, it's funny that you say that, um, because, like, it's a master's in biomedical sciences, although it does offer uh, things for med school students. People have come out of this program that did not go to medical school, which I found very refreshing. Um, but more on that later, Jiang, what I wanted to ask you actually was because you mentioned that an MPH, for mo- for most people, is, it is a terminal degree, but yet mm-hmm. you're going to pursue a doctorate. Uh, can I ask, because c- I know some people who, who graduated undergrad and just applied for like PhD programs. Mm-hmm. What... Why didn't you go straight into PhD or what made you decide to pursue a doctor on top of your master's? Yeah, so actually, like public health is one of those, uh, I guess, in I don't want to say industry, but like uh, job field where you can't or like most PhD programs actually require that you have a master's beforehand. So, yeah, I think like all the school, all the PhD programs I applied to required that you had a master's ahead of time, or you just have to do your PhD longer for programs that don't require it. Because I think they want you to get your like basic core curriculum classes like out of the way before you join. And I think there are also some skills that is difficult to learn in undergrad like we learn a lot of like statistical software programs that I wouldn't have learned in undergrad. And I feel like it would have been very difficult for me to even learn it through a job. 
So I think those are the things that my masters kind of prepared me for. But the reason I want to go for a PhD is because, at least for my field in infectious disease epidemiology, there's like three different ways that you can go in terms of career outlook for this field. You can either go towards like research, which is what I do um, at my current job and what I want to do in the future, which is why I want to go for a PhD. And then there are also people who go into like government. So, you know, like state health departments or like local health departments or like the CDC and things like that. And those, I think, are types of jobs that you can work up like a normal job. So you don't need to pursue higher education for those, depending on how high you want to go up, I suppose. And then I guess another area that is a little less common, but still an option is like the management side. So a lot of people in my program actually went into consulting oh, wow. or like healthcare management type things where like what they work at hospitals and or they work for like pharmaceutical companies or other for-profit companies. So I think those are the three areas that you can kind of at least broadly look at my field. Um, and I chose to do research because I think ultimately I want to become a professor and go into academia. And I guess the reason I chose to do that is because of the relationship I had with my like academic mentor at my master's program. Because I had such a close relationship with her, I really got to see like what her lifestyle was as a like you know an infectious disease epidemiologist in academia and I liked the idea of you know making your own schedule and being able to do the type of research that I wanted to do and kind of just working at my like I guess like not having to like report to anyone which I know is like not true like they still have like their own hierarchy in academia but yeah I think it was just the lifestyle that I wanted and I liked the structure of academia and research yeah and I feel like it's one of those careers that you can do until you're like really old and no one is gonna tell you otherwise like there's just so many more options that I can do with a PhD later down the line like in case I don't want to go to academia I can go into like I can go get like a government position I can go in I can do teaching I can go into the business side I suppose I don't know <laughs> but yeah I think it just widens my options which is why I wanted to go back and which is why I didn't apply straight out of undergrad because I wouldn't have known about it back then and no one would have taken me <laughs> <laughs> all right fair point no yeah I was just curious yeah I mean honestly it would have saved a lot of money if that was a thing but alas but I guess the plus side is that a PhD in my field is like funded, so I don't have to pay out of pocket to go back to school. Oh, interesting. Which is the nice thing about, well, I guess the one nice thing about American higher education. Uh, 
So, you know, don't have to worry about any more student loans than I already have. Uh-huh. Unlike me, who is pursuing um, one of the more expensive degrees. Yeah. But the, I guess the bright side is, like, it's one of those careers that you know you'll make it back. That is true. You know, unless, God forbid, like, it's okay. <laughs> we don't have to think about that yes, yet. Yes, we don't. We think positive things. Our two brain cells shall think positive things. Woo. We don't have much else to think about. <laughs> uh, this is true. <laughs> Any other questions from Yuji? Hmm. I'm sure I do, but my one brain cell just kind of died at this moment. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think I think you covered all all the questions that I had and like we said before there we have so many more episodes to go to go more in depth which in each of these smaller subtopics that we kind of mentioned and hinted at um, I think well thank you G for just sharing I think personally I think I learned a lot um, because I've just been the pro the cons about being a pre-med student sometimes is that you're kind of in this echo chamber where all you hear are stories about pre-med um so it's really it really is refreshing to hear from a non-pre-med person <laughs> what their grad experience with at least what uh, some other master program experience was like and i think this goes to show also from at least both of our stories a master's program is both what you make of it and also they can be very different depending on obviously what you are looking for, who you are as a person and your own personal preferences. So, I mean, that's what I got from this this conversation. Yes, I hope we didn't ramble too much. But I think another thing that I don't know if we mentioned in the beginning is that we hope to achieve with this podcast is to bring an outside perspective on different industries because like truthfully like we're both in kind of the healthcare professional world which is very bubbled in I suppose mm, that is true yeah and like we know a lot of people who have also gone to grad school for like other things and I personally know nothing about what they do <laughs> and would like to know more so yeah look forward to future guest speakers because we can't speak for them so we'll just let them speak for them yeah friends yeah but i think that's it for this week if you guys want to hear more from us or have any suggestions on future topics or any questions you can always find us on instagram at two brain cells dot podcast or email us at two brain cells podcast at gmail.com Links are always will be in the description. This has been Jiang and Katie. We're just two brain cells, but we hope you learned something and didn't lose one in the process. Thanks for listening. Bye.